By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show, and we are not larger than life. We'll be up front and tell you that right up front. We're just a small-town little radio station that has two or three listeners and maybe a couple cows and chickens out there. Anyway, and right now we have one less listener because Shelly isn't listening. I don't know where Shelly's at right now. Hopefully we'll find her. Uh, you know what? It's Friday. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about Friday. I love Fridays. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's call Miss Shelley and find out where she is. Yeah, that's what we're going to do right now. Okay, hold on. Here we go. There's a ring. Another ring. Joe's Pizza. Hi, this is the STD clinic, and we have your results back. Oh, that was nice, Brad. Thank you. Where are you? Good morning to you. <laughs> Where are you? My my thing won't work. It it's not even engaging. <laughs> right off. That's what she said. Right off the bat, I got a good one right there. No. Oh, oh, oh. As, as I should say, when you said that, I should have said. That's what I should have said. <laughs> Sounds like Caleb Hunter. <laughs> So, where are you? <laughs> I'm literally trying to connect with you, and it's not going through. What? Hold on, man. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> who was that? Who is what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here, here. Here. It's, it's literally not going through. I'm not lying. Hold on a minute now. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh. I'll call you. Oh, are you there? Yeah. Did you, are you there? Or, or say something. Something. Oh no, on the on the on the other system. Oh, I'll just hang up. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> no, now she's gone. Gone. Oh. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> now she's not there. What happened? What's going on? Oh, my God. No, she should be there. Oh, going to be one of those mornings, I can tell. <laughs> anyway, uh, weather will have Jennifer Bochinski come up with just a minute. Bochinski, don't even try. Okay. Where were you? Where were you? <laughs> Hold on a minute. I got a I've call. been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then poof, all of a sudden you showed up. That's what she said. <laughs> she did. What? <laughs> Who is that? That does sound like Caleb Hunter. <laughs> If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> yes, I would. Who is it? <laughs> no, I can't tell you. And by the way, hold on. This morning's number is 97. You don't believe me, do you? I don't understand. My number is 97, the number you wanted me to give you the other day. You said it was so important that I give you that number, okay? Oh, now it's down to 96. See, you, you're a party pooper. You oh, no- okay. You knocked it down. Are you one. sure you're looking at this the the, the right thing? <laughs> Hold on a minute. What? <laughs> Man, child, uh, you you never cease to uh, com- 
fulfill. You know, some people get physically old, or most people get physically old, and some people get mentally old way back when. You know, some people, I, I've told the story, and I'm not making fun of them, but a friend of mine that I went to school with from like kindergarten through high school was my mom used to always call him the oldest young man she'd ever met. And to the Old point, soul. Well, he was just like his parents, you know, like at five years old, they said, now we, they sit him down one night. There's no such thing as Santa Claus. No such thing as the Easter Bunny. And, you know. Which well, they were lying. Well, there is Santa Claus and Easter Bunny. And Shelly's Shell is. Is actually the Easter Bunny. Anyway, so. Um, I do have the tail and the ears. You have some people, like, for example, like when you met my ex-boss, when we met him. Ron Grubbs, Exactly. Yes. The guy, even though he was the time he was pushing 70. Remember that? He was like, I think he was like 69 or something like that. There was nothing wrong with 70, Brad. That's actually fairly young. There was still that sparkle in his eye. Remember that? Yes, <laughs> and, I do. And he was still as sharp as a tack because. Yes, he was. I mean, I'll never forget my ex-boss. When I worked for him, I was 25. He was 35. And he was one wife number five. At 35, he'd already been married five times. Okay. So Shelly and I had lunch with this guy. And I said, I said, you got to meet this guy. And we had something at the radio station because he was the general manager of us at the old KY98. And he was a general manager at KXLK and worked in the radio business for a long, 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 long time. And he knew everybody. He's one of these guys that you so yeah, I went to dinner with him the other night. You know, how about so? Oh, yeah, I had drinks with him two weeks ago. I mean, he knows everybody. So we had a meeting with him. We had lunch with him to essentially say, hey, we need some help, Ron. Can you help us out? And during the course of the lunch, I said, I said, what wife is this for you? And he didn't miss a beat. He said, my last. Remember that? He <laughs> and, did indeed say that. And, and he... And that was so cute. And unfortunately, it was his last. And I, we can't... I have a friend of mine that claims that when he left this, this earth, that was wife number nine. I think it was number eight. I'm not exactly sure. But he was one... I and, thought you just said five. No, no, no. When I worked for him, when I was 25, he was on wife number five. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he he went through a couple more wives after that. He was 25. I was 25. He was 35. He was on wife number five back in the day. And, you know, he got married a couple more times since then. And we think we think he got married three more times since I worked for him way back back then. Good old Ron Grubbs. And, uh, so what brought him up today? Because he was one of those guys that he his his personality defied his age. You know, he still was. That's a, true. He was very charming. Well, but he was still a very. But seventy is not old, Brad. But no, no, no. He was still a very vibrant guy. Was still yes. very much. I mean, still working. Remember that he was working at iHeart. He was selling radio time. He was a sales guy, an account yeah. executive at iHeart. Uh, you know, still very much involved in the community. Uh, and and I don't know if you know this or not. At the time, he was in the process of buying some land, I believe, in Pacific, and he was gonna Aww. he was gonna build like four houses because he was in the construction business once upon a time. His father his father was killed when he was like five or six years old, and his uncle, who owned a construction company, sort of became his surrogate father, and he, he worked for his uncle. As a matter of fact, uh, when he was in summer in high school, and when he went to college, when he come back from came back from college, he worked. As as a carpenter for his for his for his for his uncle, and was you know darn good carpenter. You know, I mean, you know, matter of fact, there were a couple times he would he would tell us carpenter stories about guys he worked with as carpenters, and he and one thing he he'd have all these crazy sayings. He says he would always say, "Never hire a guy who shows up in a brand new truck 
with brand-new tools and brand-new clothes. He says, that's not the guy you want working for you as a carpenter. He says, hire the guy who— You want busted knuckles. <laughs> yeah, you you want a guy You want a guy, guy shows up in an old beater truck, has tools look like they've been you know used quite a bit, and the guy's wearing worn-out clothes— that you know, uh, you know, are are a couple steps from being, uh, you know, see through. You know what I mean? That's the guy you want. You want a guy who's who's been out there and swung that hammer many times. You don't want some new dude who drives up in a new pickup truck with new tools and new clothes. You know. So anyway, I know that sounds sort of stupid, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's- you know what my favorite one was <coughs> Hold on. that his daddy um, had went down somewhere up in the Colorados, right? No, it was in California. It's, it's, California, and just, I mean, this was just like a God wink. So Brad was honored to be in the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame. Which, and since, since it they, just they, so happened. They since have kicked me out, by the way. But keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry? I said since they've kicked me out, but keep going. Yeah, well, here. They have not. His father it. was a fighter pilot on aircraft. He was in the Navy. He was a Navy pilot, fighter pilot in World War II. And we, it turned out that someone here in St. Louis who worked at Channel 4 as an engineer flew with his father. And remember, we, we told Ron, we got, Ron, we're at this ceremony the other night, and there's this guy who, you know, who got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he's an engineer at Channel 4, and his son made up, you know, because he was not in the best of shape at the time. He's in a wheelchair, couldn't talk too well. And his son made made the speech and essentially said his father was a Hellcat pilot uh, in 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 an F4U, I believe, F4U pilot in World War II, flew, blah, blah, blah. So we told Ron this. We give the guys, uh, the you know, Ron's, uh, we give Ron the guy's we, son's phone number. Yeah. Ron calls him digits. up. Right. Ron calls him up. And he says, hey, my dad would love to see it. They went to the nursing home, and sure enough, Ron's father flew with this guy back in World War II on the same aircraft carrier. And I was like, okay, that's just too weird. Talk about six degrees of separation. You know what I mean? Yes. Anyway. so No, but then he went there, didn't he? Well, the story was, and it was sort of a sad story. The the reason that Ron was Ron was born in '47, which was act after World War II, obviously '47. Uh, World War II ended in '45, and Ron's father got reactivated. They, you know, because what happened was a lot of the guys, and my dad included, a lot of the guys who were World War II veterans, they got recalled back to active duty because my dad was in the reserves. And I believe uh, Ron's father was in the reserves as well too. He got activated for for uh, you know act you know he got activated active duty, and he was a pilot. And they used him as a trainer pilot. He was like a training pilot, and he was training a bunch of fighter pilots to go to Korea. And they got into a fog bank somewhere, and they lost where they were at. And the whole flight of like four or five fighters flew into the side of a mountain in California, way up on the top, almost cleared it but just didn't quite, like missed it like my, by 10 feet, and they were all killed. And Ron told the story about how the crash site, that hey, they had helicoptered guys in and removed the bodies and the whole bit, but the, the planes were still up there. The crash planes were still up there. And Ron had heard that a fire, one of these forest fires, you know, these brush fires, had essentially defoliated this mountain, that you could now climb up to this mountain. So he founds this guy who like was giving tours of this mountain since you could climb up the mountain and he flies out to California they fly up you know he walks they they hike up this mountain 
and they find find what they believe was his father's aircraft still crashed up in the mountain, and he, they found some things that they're pretty sure was his father's, like his belt buckle was was up, you know, because when the when the planes hit, they burnt, and unfortunately, wasn't much much left of the of the pilots, and so it was. It, I mean, he told us that story, and I'm going like, holy crap, well, what a story this is, you know? I mean, it was one of those. It, w- it was just. It was, I mean, it was, very intriguing, right? Because and fascinating, because and if I'm so, not, so honored to be a, if, like a little teeny part of it. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I believe when Ron's father was killed, I believe I know Ron was born in '47, and I believe his father was killed in '53, which would have meant Aww. which would have meant he was young like, boy. He was five years old. So, yeah. you know, he really never knew his father. I mean, you know, probably has some recollections of a father, not many. But, you know, I mean, you think back. How many people can think back? Well, when I was five years old, I went to the Dairy Queen one night with my dad. And then we went out and we went to the golf course. You know, I mean, not too many people can remember that kind of stuff, you know. Anyway, uh, I think all the all the memories of my kids when, you know, they were five years old, they've erased them from their mind on purpose because they don't want to remember anything they did with me. Oh, my God, my dad was so weird. I don't think that's the case, Brad. <laughs> I think your your kids enjoyed you very much as a dad, no, Brad the dad. No, 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 they didn't. I do. No, I, I no. do believe that. Yeah, just like my people enjoy me as a brother and sister, right? <laughs> Hold on. You don't have one of those. <laughs> Listen to you. Okay. It's Brad. It's <laughs> Now I'm going to cough all morning. It's all your damn fault. Okay, we're going to take a break. (laughs) The show is truly about nothing. We're going to take a break. It really is. It's The show is truly about nothing. Do you believe that? We got one of the best compliments for somebody we both respect highly. Who's that? Huh? Who's that? Well, I'm... I don't know if I can say his name, but he uh, said uh, that uh, uh, he, we're very good and he really enjoys listening to us. And that guy is the town drunk of Cottleville. Okay, it's six, no, he's not. It's six twenty-eight. Stop it. It is BS dot show. Hey, Shelley, talk for a minute here. I gotta do something. Thanks, Shelley. <laughs> oh, she's not there. I need her to talk while I'm typing in something. Hold on a minute. Let me do this. I have to sign into something here real quick, and Shelly's not there to save me, so I'll just have to, because I can't, I'm not talented enough where I can talk and type at the same time, and hopefully I'll hit login, and I will be logged in. I am that logged in. That was fun. Okay. What was fun? Just sitting here listening to you. Just blabber on, and you're not trying to help me? You mean, in other words, if I were in, if I were in the, if I were drowning in a lake, and I go, hey, Shelly, help me. And you go, oh, I like listening to him when he's drowning in the lake. Shelly, please help me. Throw me something. Throw me a rope. Throw me a branch. Throw oh, me a bow. Is, isn't it great that Brad just wants me to help him right now? I, You know, I just love hearing him, you know, say, hey, Shelly, help me. Right. Okay. Whatever. I do. Um, God. Considering, um, what's the word? Oh, yeah. Not needed. <laughs> I never said that. You totally said that. I never said that. I don't, okay. Hey, hold it. We must have had a completely Re- different Remember the ground about. rules for this show. How long did you ask me to do this show? And I kept, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And what was the ground rules? I had one ground rule for doing the show with you. Remember that was, Shelly Barr? That you wouldn't do it by yourself. Exactly. And 
and I, why in the world would you not be important to me if I said, well, I only, I'm not going to do it. You know, I could be like, like, you know, these groups, you know, like for example, Lionel Richie, it used to be the Commodores. Then it was the Commodores with Lionel Richie. And then the Commodores were gone. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you go, yeah. you, it used to be, it used to be like, like no doubt. And then it was, what's her face? What's her, what's her, what well, she's married to Blake Shelton. What's her name? You know who I'm talking about, the blonde gal. No, I really don't. Okay, Gwen Stefani. Okay, then it was Gwen Stefani and No Doubt, and then pretty soon No Doubt. You know, and it used to be it used to be a Dawn. You know, and it was, then it was Tony Orlando and Dawn, and then Dawn was gone. You know, see, the, I set the it rules. It was not Dawn. It was always Tony Orlando and Dawn. It was it was dawn. It was dawn, dawn. And matter of fact, uh, it was. Mm, I don't know if I agree with Think that. Think about completely. all the times that's happened through the music where you've got like a group and one guy sort of comes out in front and pretty soon it's like, you know, like, you know, the, the, the smithereens and then it's Joe Smith and the smithereens and pretty soon the smithereens are gone. You know, it's like, you know, they don't exist anymore. You know, I mean, like, like once upon a time. I've never told this story before. I was in the role. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, I was, I was, I was in the Rolling Stones. Every time you preface it with that, <laughs> I know it's a big steaming pile of BS. I was in the Rolling Stones, and one day the manager, Again, I was, I was the, I, say more? I was the only American dude in the Rolling Stones, and the manager came up and he says, "Hey, bloke, we think you're the 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 cat's pajamas. We're gonna call it Brad Hildebrand and the and the Rolling Stones." I go, "Nah, you know what?" I don't think that's right. I'm just one of the guys. Well, no, we want to call it Brad Hildebrand of the Rolling Stones. I go, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just one of the guys. It's got to be the Rolling Stones, you know. And then next day, I'm out. They say, well, if you're not going to pick the lead, we'll kick you out. And they kicked me out. Matter of fact, part of the reason they kicked me out was because I didn't do drugs, I didn't smoke, and I, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't chasing fashion models in London or whatever. You know, you know that was the deal with, you know, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, really. Well, yeah, that's what that was. You know, okay, a couple things we talked about in the past couple shows. Mark, I don't want to talk about this hour. We'll talk about it next hour. The Meghan Markle thing has taken on the deal and no deal. It's taken on a new twist. Can I ask you a question? I may have asked you this before. Yeah, go ahead. Is it about Meghan Markle? Uh huh. Okay, go ahead. Is is she a black woman? She's said. You see, what's interesting? You have to ask the question. And yes, well, she's only because she's, I don't see her as that. I, I see her as Meghan Mark- Markle. See, see, you know what? Thank you, Shelley Barr. I'm I'm the same way. I I don't see her, nor do I see Kamala Harris as a black woman. I see them just as like you know, just as regular people. And, yes. And and and, and I don't want to sound like oh I'm such a wonderful guy, but you know I know people who are Latino, which is funny because. <laughs> I have one friend of mine that I asked him about this, and I said, "Are you Latinx?" He goes, "That's BS." He says, "We don't use that stupid thing." He says, "He said because the language it's based on on masculine and feminine. You know what I mean? It's like French. French things are either you know like objects are either masculine or feminine. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's the way the language is set up. And the same thing with with it's not that way in. English, but it is that way with Spanish. If my daughter was here, she'd explain it to me, you know, because I don't understand that kind of stuff. But anyway, yes, Meghan Markle is like, I think she's a quarter black or something like that. I don't really understand. See, I don't, well, first of all, I don't understand what the problem is with that. And second of all, I, I could not understand. 
which I still can't actually, why the monarchy had a problem with her. I, you know, <laughs> because to me, she's this beautiful, vibrant. It's it's woman. It's funny you married should, to her prince charming. It's funny you should mention that because because there's been I saw a picture just last night. It's funny you should bring this up. I saw a picture just last night. I was looking at something. As a matter of fact, I know what I was looking at. I was looking at the story about about the latest controversy with her and the the deal or no deal briefcase girl or whatever the heck they're calling them now. And there was a picture of her getting married. And I don't know if you remember this or not. At the time, he wasn't king. He was Prince Charles. Prince Prince Charles walked her down the aisle because Meghan Markle's father wasn't there. And they say he was, quote, unquote, sick. Okay, I'm sorry. But if my daughter was going to marry a prince from England, you'd have to wheel me there on a gurney. You know what I'm saying? If I was sick, I'd go like, I'm going. I don't care what you say. Put me in a wheelchair. I'm going to be next to my daughter. And to the point where if 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 my daughter was marrying Joe the Plumber, I'd do the same thing. I'd say, I want to be there, you know, see my daughter get married. I, and they said he was sick. Well, there's all sorts of crazy stories about why he wasn't really there. And we won't go into those because... Yeah, it's no reason to go into him. I just didn't understand well, the whole one cr- thing. The whole, I mean, how could they... If you don't know what we're talking about, Meghan Markle came out in some book or something like that where she talked about how when she was she was a deal or no deal briefcase girl and essentially briefcase woman. I remember woman. that. Right. And they, I think they were on each episode, I think there were 26 of them. If I'm not mistaken, there were, and they stood up and they had a briefcase and you, you know, pick, you know, a number 22, whatever it was. And she was one of the briefcase girls. And she's now come out and said that she was treated like a bimbo and she was disrespected and blah, 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 blah. That's what they did back then. But no, but, but it's not like I'm using that as an excuse. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm kind of using it as an an excuse. There have been other women who've come out and said, who were who were briefcase models as well? <clears throat> Several of them and say, well, "I never felt like that. It was a great experience. I got to work on a big show. I got to work on a top-rated show. It gave me credentials. It you know because when you're starting out as an actor or actress, you're trying to build your resume. It's like the same thing in the radio business. Rarely does anybody walk into a radio station and say, "Hey, I'd like to be on the air." You know, I mean, I I still to this day have people. That's, that's why I started working with you. Well, no, I still to this day have people call me up and say, hey, I want to be a DJ. Have you ever worked before? No, but I think I can do it. Well, guess what? You need to get some experience. And they go, well, how do I get experience? I go, you know. How, how can you say that? You've got that one broad on your show. No, no, and no. And she's kind of clueless. No, but you get what I'm saying. Is And in acting, it all depends upon <laughs> you try. Because it's like, Shelly, if we... Pick out a big star's name. Pick out a big star's name. Okay, give me a star, big star. Um, what do you want them to act or sing? No, just a big star. Somebody who's like an act, an actor, an actress, like someone who's a big actor or actress. Give me, just give me a name. Okay, Angelina Jolie. Okay, hold on a minute. If I look up her Wikipedia page, does she have to be alive? Well, no, hold on, Angelina. She doesn't have to be alive. I pick Marilyn Monroe. No, not Marilyn Monroe. That's different. That's a little bit different. And Why? Okay, well, here, I'll give you an example. You weren't specified, uh, okay. and then I sat okay. there and I, I will gave tell... you a name, and, but not that okay. one. Anything but that one. Okay, do you know the Marilyn Mon- Monroe story, how she came to prominence? Um. Do you know the, the story? Do you know the story how she became the centerfold for the very first Playboy magazine? Do you know this story? No. Hugh Hefner decided he wanted to create this magazine. 
and he wanted he wanted to have a men's magazine. Matter of fact, it's interesting. If you know the story, originally it was going to be called Stag Magazine, and when they checked it, that was already in use by somebody else. Somebody already had it trademarked or something like that. So he decided on a couple different names, and he decided Playboy. When we decided to do Playboy, he decided what he was going to do was he was going to have a magazine that had nude women in it, but also was not just a skin a skin mag, but was going to be like a magazine that was sort of sophisticated and it had good editorial content. And you know, keep which in mind it did. which yeah, through the years. And remember there were some very interesting articles. Remember there was the famous article yes, of, of Jimmy Carter saying he lusted in his heart, blah 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 blah. Okay. So so at the time Hugh Hefner didn't have much money. And he was trying to find some women who would pose for him. And he couldn't afford any of the women he wanted. So he went to a company. Remember, Hugh Hefner was in Chicago. He started this in Chicago. He went to, a, he. somebody told him, hey, there's this calendar company that does, back in the day, if you went to an auto parts store or a, yes. a mechanics place, matter of fact, maybe, maybe when you worked, there were calendars put out by companies matter of fact snap-on tools was Give famous was famous for their their calendars and a lot of the calendars had nude women on them okay so there was a company in chicago that put out these calendars they hired women to pose nude for them and then they essentially went and 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 posed nude and they would put these women on the calendars that they sold okay yes okay marilyn monroe had posed for this calendar company and and someone told Hugh Hafner that there was this company in Chicago that produced these calendars with these naked women on it and he went to them and said I would like to do you own the rights to these pictures and the guy says yes we do when the models come in we have them sign a release and we own the rights to these pictures and he said I would like to see some of them I would like to purchase some of these pictures and he showed him a bunch of the pictures and he was all you know in awe of Marilyn Monroe didn't even know who the heck she was at the time and he says I want a blonde or still a brunette I can't I think she was blonde at the time and he said I want her and I think as the story goes he paid $500 to the calendar company and that's how he got Marilyn Monroe and the rest is history and from that point on and see it's it's sort of like the Kim Kardashian thing or even like the Paris Hilton thing I mean, you know, that's that's different. But the point I'm trying to make is most actors and actresses, if you look at their history, they were like they were in a TV commercial or they were they were like a model. Like, for example, it used to go to the car show. If you go to the car show, they had these uh, very attractive women in like evening gowns who stand up on the turntables at the car show and they would say, hi, thanks for coming to the St. Louis car show. I'm standing in front of the beautiful 1995 Buick Electra and it's made with pearlescent paint, has a special. 455 engine in it that's a lot of how <clears throat> excuse me hold on a minute that's how a lot of women in in acting got their start as models and things like that so in other words you gotta start somewhere you know you just don't walk onto the, the, the or playboy bunnies you don't just walk onto the cast of gone with the wind and say hey i'd like to be uh, on on this movie with clark gable hey guess what come back you know sweetie pie when you get some acting experience you know now occasionally it does happen where somebody sort of you know makes a breakthrough but for the most part in, in the radio business, it used to be called paying your dues. You worked at little podunk station in Iowa someplace, and you did the hog reports, and you're on there, and you, you, inter, <laughs> you, inter, you interviewed... Basically, you're Les Nessman. You interviewed Sniffles the Cat. No, Les Nessman was working at, in, in Cincinnati. He was big time. Cincinnati's yeah, top, top 50 market. No, they, But he didn't start in the middle of nowhere. 
He's well, anyway. See, you're going to argue with me no matter what I say. Hey, Shelly. Yesterday I was too agreeable. Today I'm too <laughs> arguable. Pick, pick a she's, side, She's Brad. a woman. She's a woman. <laughs> one day she's argumentative, one day she's not. Because she's so hot, 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 hot. She's Shelly Barr. <laughs> You're such a goofball. Oh, it's 648. <laughs> we got to play some commercials. It's Friday. Uh, we have Ryan Cooper Friday. coming up at 730. He'll tell us about the very last week of, weekend of Legends and Lanterns. That's coming up at about 730. 648. BS. <laughs> Hold on a minute. It's BS.show. That's the special. <laughs> My headphones are broken. Okay. It's the special mix. <laughs> yes. Complete with doinks. I'm sorry. But no boobs. <laughs> oh, you know what? I couldn't find those. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're so funny. <laughs> it doesn't take much to amuse me. You know No, it really doesn't. It doesn't take much to amuse me. No, <laughs> you, you you uh yeah. Okay. BS dot show. That's who we are. Um we're doing the Trimal Cast this morning like, like we normally do, 104.5 uh, KSLQ, 1071 Westplex, and 1350 Crap KRAP. Um, <laughs> the other day, <laughs> I was talking to a guy, a radio dude, and he says, you own Station, don't you? I go, yeah, and I give him the call letters. I said, and, and Crap. He goes, no, seriously. I go, no, I own Crap. He goes, no, for real. I go, I own Crap KRAP. <laughs> You know, the worst decision I ever made and the best decision I ever made. It's the same decision <laughs> because <laughs> once you see, see, when we got the call letters, we had all these crazy ideas. We were going to do a religious show on Sunday morning on crap and it was going to be called Holy Crap, right? Yep. <laughs> Remember that? But I wouldn't let you do it. It's Holy Crap, yes. Uh, you know, here's Reverend So-and-So on the Holy Crap show. <laughs> and anyway, uh, I don't know how we got talking about that. Out okay, holy crap! Show. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> and and when, matter of fact, matter of fact, my my friends who were sports nuts, I got some nasty phone calls when we put we ultimately turned the station sports and we called it sports crap. <laughs> yeah, we did, and and it got it got love and hate at the same time. Love and hate at the same time. People, totally. With the sports guys were like they were offended. You you calling sports crap? Hey, with sports isn't crap. Sports is a god. Sports is sports is is everything. No, no, it's not. By the way, can I can I admit something to you? What and and I did something last night I've never done. I watched part of the Thursday night football game on Prime because I have Amazon Prime and. I have to be honest with you. I was impressed. They do a nice job with that. But the crazy thing is, they're running commercials. I'm going like, hold on a minute now. If it's on, if it's on Prime, isn't one of the deals that when with Prime you you watch the movies and there's no commercials? There's commercials just like it was on ABC or NBC or CBS or Fox or whatever. And they're running commercials for this com- this company, that company. Now some of the com- commercials are for you know Amazon stuff, but some of them were just regular old commercials. Commercials. I'm going like, oh, hold on a minute, what's this? But you know, it was sort of sad to see. It was Tom Brady last night. Tom Brady's not looking good. You know, I, I think I think they lost. I, I I watched like for ten or twelve minutes or something like that. Um, let me hold on. A minute. Let me see. Let me let me see what what the final score was. 
Um, they played, who'd they play? They play, was it Baltimore? They play the Ravens? I don't know. Who's, uh, you can turn, uh, the smartest woman in the world says you can turn off commercials. How do you do that? What Then what's there? If you turn off the commercials, what's there? Is it like just dead air? Is it like the screen goes white? Something like that? Um, hold on a minute. Let's see what the score was last night. Did you not watch the game last night? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> of course I didn't watch the game. Okay. Here's I put... You're funny. Tampa Bay... Bay score. Let's see what happens if I get... This is terrible. I'm... Uh, yeah, they lost last night, 27 to 22. Wow, the Buccaneers are now they're they're three and five. Wow, that's not good for Tom Brady. One three and lost five, and the Ravens are just the opposite, five and three. And part of it is that the announcers and you know what, Al Michaels, this guy has got to be he's got to be seventy five or so. Let me look him up. You know who Al Michaels who is, is? He he's one of the all time best sportscasters, play by play guys of all time. Al Michaels is the guy when nobody knew who the hell Al Michaels was. Al Michaels was the guy who was doing the Olympic hockey coverage when the Americans beat the Russians back in, what, 78 or something like that? Long time ago. Here, let me look him up on Wikipedia. Um, he's got to be pushing. He's got to be pushing 80. And he still sounds, you know, he needs to go talk to our president. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Al Michaels. Okay. Guess how old he is. I'm sorry. Um, 82. No, I was close. I mean, I said he was pushing 80. He's 77, born in 44. And That's still not old. Well, but he's he's one year younger than the president, okay? And this guy is sharp as a tack. Uh, early education, ABC Sports, uh, January signed. He, he signed up in sports of uh, ABC Sports, January of 77. Uh, over the next three decades, Michael covered a wide variety, blah, 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 blah. Uh, other prominent events, including Stanley Cup. Uh, he did wild. Uh, the mirror, Yeah, here it is. The 1980 Winter Olympics. So two of Michael's most famous bro- broadcasts were on the, of the 1980 Winter Olympics ice hockey medal round match between the United States and the Soviet Union in the attempted third game of the 1989 World Series. Okay. I remember that. Okay, what was interesting is, first off, if you know your history, the Russians kicked our butt in the Winter Olympics back when it was the Soviet Union. It wasn't the Russians, just the Soviet Union. They kicked our butt. Well, look what time it is. It's 7 o'clock. i got to get out of here. Okay, we got to take a break. We'll pick, we'll pick this up next hour, okay? Okay. It's 7.22. I am sorry. Still one of my all-time favorites. Why are you sorry? Oh. Do not apo- never oh, apologize a, oh. for the You know, if you, if you dissect that song. It's, you what? If you dissect the song, it's the same except for that where they do the, you know, the, do the little breakdown like two-thirds of the way through the song. Uh-huh. It's just like a big loop. They just run the loop around. You know what I mean? It's like that's what songs were back then. <laughs> no, a big no. loop. No, it wasn't. That's what they are now. Because that's where all like everybody's doing with their Pro Tools. You know, I told you that the Ill Mind guy, who you know, I told you that story, right? This guy, he sells blap kits. Remember blap kits? Don't, I don't. Don't you remember me telling this? This is this guy who's now a multimillionaire. Matter of fact, he graduated from high school. And his, oh, I do remember. And his yes, mom and yes, dad yes, got yes. mad at him because all he did was he went down to the basement and he'd like record himself like hitting the drum. 
and he'd he'd hit the drum like he'd hit a drum like with a big drumstick, a small drumstick. He'd move the he'd hit the drum on the side, hit in the middle, in the middle, and he'd just record these things. And and then he'd get like a bass drum, and he'd get a cymbal, and hit the cymbal, and he'd record all these things. And he started putting them on CDs. Originally, it was on CDs, and you'd buy them. And then what you do is you'd use them to put together your rap song with. You didn't have to hire musicians. You just bought a blap kit. And you bought the blap kit, and you just bought the drums, and he had a little. Then he got sophisticated, and he got guitar riffs, and he got you know organ riffs, and and you know bass guitar and stuff like that, and synthesized bass. And <laughs> the deal is, you buy these from him, but when you buy them from him, you have to agree that if your song gets like, uh, you have to agree that you put him down as like associate producer or something like that. So if your song makes it big, he gets a gold record. So and he's done real well with himself. He's making millions of dollars, and all he does is just sell these little little pieces, and people just buy the things and just put it together. See, it's like dumb. And you listen to the drum, bum 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 bum, and there's a hi hat in there, and and then the donk, and the guitar, it's power chords, donk 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 donk, and that's the whole song. You know, it's sort of like, you know, it probably took him ten minutes to record that, right? God, you know what? And it still sounds good on the radio. I'm sorry. You don't hear that song too much anymore. You know what I'm saying? No, they, they, you really don't. And it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's like knock three times. I remember back in the day getting, putting ear earrings in my ear and putting on my little red go-go boots. I, I had those same memories. Tapping to my, you did not I stop. Did. I put the you ears, never ear, just the earrings my in my ear and put my little red go-go boots on. Oh my God. I'd go to school and people go, guys would beat me up. They go, what, what are you dressing as a woman? We're going to beat you up. So that's back in the day. You <laughs> know, that's actually probably <laughs> You can't do that accurate. anymore. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Okay, let me finish up the Al Michael stuff, which I think is sort of funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike Otten says, the LGBTQ community is online. Three, they're complaining. Sheena was a man. Yeah, if you listen to the song, that song is now politically incorrect because he ends up with Everything a, is incorrect. a woman who is not a woman. Okay, yeah, Sheena. And you know what? And some people had said that. Well, I won't say anything about about Eric Greitens, but that's a whole other story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know he was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, okay. Al Michaels did the what is now be called uh, called the become the, the 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 miracle on ice. Okay. This was the 1980 Olympics, and remember, back in the day, you couldn't be professional. You couldn't be a professional. Olympics all have to be amateur. So all these guys on the Olympic, the uh, United States Olympic uh, ice hockey team, were like all college kids, okay? And they were playing essentially against the Russian Army or the Soviet Union Army because once again, they were amateurs, quote unquote. They're all in the army. Yes, right. Okay. Uh, March 22nd, 1980. Um, and what's interesting was it was in Lake Placid, New York. And did you know this? The game was not live. The game was was tape delayed. CT- it was Memorax. No, CTV Canadian Television had the rights of the game. They aired it live. It was at five. Started at five oh five Eastern time, and would have been four oh five our time. ABC decided decided against preempting local and network news, and mainly because of the fact that they thought, oh, here's the Americans up against the Russians. We're just gonna get killed. The Russians are gonna just grind us into the ice like they always did. Okay. Um, instead, they brought. Now here's what's interesting. Back then. Nobody knew the results of the game. 
Today, as soon as the game went over, it'd be on Twitter. Hey, the Americans beat the Russians. You know, it'd be like all over Twitter and people would be having like their little, little, their selfie pictures of them, you know, with, hey, I'm here at the, at the Lake Placid ice rink. Anyway, it, uh, it played, it ran, they ran it from 8.30 to 11 p.m. Eastern time, which would have been 7.30 to 10 o'clock our time. And then on a six and a half hour delay on the West Coast, it went from 8.30 to 11 p.m. Pacific time. Despite being on tape, the game is one of the highest rated programs of the 1979-1980 television season. Remains the most watched ice hockey game in the history of American television. And um, Al Michaels, along with broadcasting partner Ken Dryden, recreated their Olympic com- uh, commentary in 2004 movie Miracle. Okay, and and Al Michaels is so good. Last night, still so good. He's so funny. He makes all sorts of crazy little weird little statements, you know, that are funny. And he and he and he he's a human being, which I think is fascinating. About now, the other big thing, you know, what the other big thing where Al Al, Al Michaels was. Al, but- Al Michaels was doing the. 1989 World Series in, I believe, in San Francisco. I can't remember if it's Oakland or San Francisco. San Francisco was playing when the earthquake hit, and they stopped the game. And Al Michaels, I think, went out to one of the trucks and started doing play-by-play of the earthquake. And the amazing thing was, Al Michaels talked about San Francisco like he was a local, and people were going like. How does he know? Because he's talking about like, well, and so-and-so, they're getting all these reports. Well, so-and-so area of San Francisco, I know, you know, there's there's buildings down and things like that. And the interesting thing was Al Michaels later was interviewed about this, and he's a fanatic for geography because he travels all the time, you know, doing play-by-play and stuff like that. And he, one of his things is he drives around and learns the cities. So when he's like in San Francisco or San Diego or, 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 or Denver – he knows his way around, which is weird because I know my way around in a couple cities like that. Not as much as Al Michaels, but I'll never forget my oldest son. The first time I took him to Las Vegas, we went out to the National Association Broadcasters Convention. And, you know, he was, I think, 15 at the time, 15 or 16. And we get off the plane, go to the rental car counter, get the rental car. And on the plane, I tell him that slot machines are everywhere in Las Vegas. And I said to him, I said, matter of fact, there's a 7-Eleven down on the strip, down in the old part of the strip that you go in there and, you know, there's people playing, you know, slot machines in the 7-Eleven. My son's, yeah, right, Dad. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. What else are you going to tell me? You know, so we get get in the rental car and I jump in the car, no GPS, no nothing. I just fire up the car and I said, okay, you don't believe me? I'm taking you to the 7-Eleven, the first place we're going to Las Vegas. He'd never been to Las Vegas. We're going to the 7-Eleven down on the Strip, and we're going to watch the guys play slot machines. At And this is 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. We left St. Louis at like, you know, 6 o'clock. And with the time zone changes, you get into Las Vegas like 9 o'clock local. So we pull into the parking lot at 7-Eleven. My son is amazed. He goes, how did you get here? <laughs> and I go, I know my way around Vegas. And we go inside, and sure enough, there's like six slot machines, and there's somebody at every slot machine at 9 o'clock in the morning at a 7-Eleven on a strip. And he's like, he's like, he's like in an alternate universe. He's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't believe what I'm saying. The whole time, he was like, like a kid in a candy store. I think I told you the story once that when we were there for like three or four days and the last day we were done with all the meetings we had, we had a couple meetings, had some, you know, some, some displays we had to go to and meet some people, stuff like this. So the last day we were there, we had like three hours to kill before we had to go to the airport. 
And I said to him, I said, okay, we did all these things. We went here, we went there. We got three hours to kill. What's, what would you like to go back and do again? And he looks at me and he says, can we go back to Bellagio, look at the fountains? I go, yeah, that's cool. Because we went like on day one. Matter of fact, at that time, I think the fountains had just opened up. I think Bellagio was only like a year old or something like that. So isn't that weird? <laughs> now, can I tell you something bizarre about my son? What? <sighs> this is so weird. I have been to, into electronics since I've been a kid. I got my ham radio license when I was 13, got my first class, my third class radio telephone license back in the day when I was like 16, got my first class radio telephone license with radar endorsement back like when I was 20 or 21 or something like that. My kids have had absolutely positively no interest in any of the kind of stuff I do, electronics, you know, radio, any of the kind of stuff. About four months ago, my oldest son, Brett, calls me up and starts asking me questions about how to get a ham radio license. And I'm going, like, what, what, this is my son? Who, 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 are, who are you really? Have you taken my son hostage somewhere? <laughs> you know, this is not my son. So slowly but surely he's getting electronics. You know what he's doing? What? He's buying, matter of fact, this is bizarre, on eBay, he's getting his, he's going to get his ham radio license, but he's gotten into... There's all sorts of different aspects of ham radio. He's gotten into buying used commercial radio equipment and reprogramming it. He bought two radios. What is he reprogramming it to? Well, here, let me tell you. He bought two radios from the RCMP. You know what the RCMP is? No. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. He, I, okay. He bought these on eBay. They're surplus government property from the Canadian government. He bought two of these. They're Motorola XTS 5000. Once upon a time, brand new. These are 10-year-old radios. These are like walkie-talkie kind of dealies. Okay? When they were new, they were $5,000 a piece. He I think he bought them for like 200 bucks or something like that. And you can get the software... And you can reprogram, and there's a f- band of frequencies they call the FRS, which is in the, f- the UHF band, like 460. He's reprogramming the radios so he can talk back and forth to his girlfriend. <laughs> I'm going, what? <laughs> so when they go out hunting, she has one and he has one. They can talk back and forth to each other. That's cute. So he reprogrammed this. Ra- I'm on the phone with him yesterday, and I go like, I go, what is that radio transmit? He, he's, he's got it programmed. He's listening to some bus channel down in Pensacola. And as he's listening to it, one of the bus drivers, this is like a, the, you know, the, the, not the city bus drivers, but like the school bus drivers, one of the bus drivers is issuing a Mayday call because there's a fight on her bus. <laughs> he's listening to this on the two-way because he's, well, he's got this programmed into his radio. And I'm going like, God, this is so bizarre. And I'm thinking to myself, and I said to him, I go, you know, Brett, this is sort of weird. It's like, how in the world did you get into this? You know, because back in the day, when I was in my peak of ham radio dumb, what you did was, if you were really cool, you got an old police handy talkie. In the old days, they were Motorola HT220s. And back in the day, used, they were like four or 500 bucks. They were not cheap. You know, we're talking like, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. And these things were like, you know, super sophisticated for the time, the whole bit. And you got in and you reprogrammed the, and back in the day you had to put crystals in them. Now it's all, you know, computerized, programmed the whole bit. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, 40 years later, he's doing what I did 40 years ago. Is that weird or what? No, it's not weird at all. 
Anyway, it's just sort of weird. I thought it was strange. Okay. Uh, stuff to talk about. Strange. Okay. First off. Uh, well, it's just weird. Okay. Serious. I, thought it, I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Serious moment for a moment. We are now... I talk about this all the time, and I know I get I get grief whenever I talk about this. I always have somebody who pushes back. Hey, we're in Wentzville. We're not in the city of St. Louis. Or, hey, we're in Union or Washmo or we're in Arnold. We're not in the city of St. Louis. Once again, it's the St. Louis area. I don't care if you're in New Haven or Washington or, or you know, St. Charles or Cottleville. We get broad brushed because when people talk about the St. Louis area, that's what they look at. They think that if you're out there in Cottleville and you're in Washmo, that every night there's gunfights in the street and every night there's people being killed and you know, and there's there's murders and there's and every night there's fourteen Kias being stolen out of your driveway and stuff like that. Once again, more negative stuff because of the repercussions of the shooting on Monday. Obviously, terrible situation. Nutbag kid, 19-year-old kid, gets a gun, and that's probably why we're getting all this negative publicity. I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, ends up, goes to the school, has 600 rounds of ammunition. You know, luckily, the police department responded. These brave guys from the police department went into the school, tracked him down, and killed him. Okay? And I hate to sound like I'm being callous when I say that, but if they wouldn't have killed him, he had 600 rounds of ammunition. He could have killed, you know, Dozens of people. The entire school. Well, not the entire school, but he could have killed a hell of a lot more than he did. Now it comes out that he tried to buy a gun from a gun dealer, and he got kicked out. The system worked. He tried to buy a gun, and they did the background check on him, and they said, nope, can't do it. And the reason for this was apparently that he he his parents or somebody in his family tried to commit him to a mental, mental institution that ends up on your, on your background check that if you've ever been in a mental institution, you usually can't get a gun. Okay. So then apparently he finds a private party and they won't identify. Apparently they know who it is. He found a private party and bought this gun from a private party shows up at his house with the gun. Apparently his parents find out he's got the gun and they call the police. They go, our son's not well. He's got some issues. He has a gun. We don't want him to have the gun. The police show up. St. Louis City police show up. This is like a couple weeks ago. They show up at his house, and they say, well, you know what? Legally, we can't take the gun from him. Missouri doesn't have a red flag law. That's the first thing, because now they're going to say, see, we need red flag laws in Missouri. If you know what the red flag, you know what the red flag law is? I do not. Red flag law is that if you know someone like, let's say, uh, let's say, um, you know, your Uncle Jim. You don't have an Uncle Jim, do you? No, I don't have anybody. Okay, well, let's say Uncle Jim, you're, who doesn't exist. Uncle Jim gets sort of weird, and you go over to his house one day, and he's, he's you know, waving a gun around, and, he's, and he fires off a couple rounds into the ceiling. You go, okay, this is not good. And you call up the police, and you go, my Uncle Jim, there's something wrong with him. I went over to his house the other day. He pulled out his gun. He didn't shoot me, but he shot a couple rounds for the ceiling. They would get a court order, and they would show up to Uncle Jim's house. They would house. Baker Act him. And no, they would grab all his guns. They would essentially say, okay, Uncle Jim, oh, okay. give me the guns. And they would take the guns away from him. Okay, so in Missouri, we don't have a red flag law. So the police show up at this at this, this kid's house. His parents want him to take the gun away. They say, we can't take it away. Apparently, the police negotiate with the kid to give the gun to another family member. And the other family member took the gun. But then he got it back. And then he goes to the high school and he shoots those people. So this now has become this huge, and once again, 
we are the epicenter of a national news story that's not going away because this is going to be front and center for weeks to come about how look look what happened in St. Louis that guy was he went to a gun show and and he bought a gun they're not sure if he bought a gun at a gun show they 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 won't mention the deal dealer apparently he went to a a gun shop in St. Charles and they refused him and then he went and bought it from a private party and they're claiming he bought it at the gun show at the convention center. That's what's come out. He bought it the, because they say the date he bought the gun is the same day the gun show was going on at the convention center in St. Charles. So now they're going to say, well, he bought it from, from, you know, and see the crazy thing about it is if you go to a gun show and trust me, been to many gun shows and I've never bought a gun at a gun show. I've bought like, you know, some magazines and stuff like that and some parts and things like that. But if you buy a gun at a gun show, most of those guys who are selling guns at gun shows are dealers. And you have to go through the background check. They do it right there on the phone. You fill out the form, the same form that if you went to their store, went to a gun shop, you fill it out. And, you know, and they call it in to the FBI. You know, they get a thumbs up, thumbs down. If you pass, you pay your money, you walk out with the gun. Okay? So, once again, we're going to be the epicenter for bad publicity. St. Louis, the people are going to say, look what happened in St. Louis. That guy bought a gun. He shouldn't have been able to buy a gun. He should have been thrown in jail. Should have been red flag law. You know what? I say this before, and sometimes I've gotten in trouble for saying this. It's my my motto. It's three words. You know what the three words are? I do, but say them. Freedom is messy. Yep. Freedom is messy. If you give people freedom, most people respect it. Most people are not going to do weird, bizarre stuff. They're not going to, you know, buy 600 rounds of ammunition, show up at a school and try to kill people. Most people are never, ever, ever even going to have that thought cross their mind. But there's going to be some crazy nutbag in this case. Now he's deceased because police, you know, um, you know, took him out. There's going to be somebody who's going to take that freedom and go too far with it. And and essentially what it does for the rest of us, the rest of us, it causes us problems because then the government wants to come in and go, well, this guy did this, so nobody can do this anymore. Okay, that's not quite right. But, you know, once again, I feel bad for the St. Louis area. I've lived in the St. Louis area my entire time. I've not, I, I was born at Barnes Hospital. I lived in North City till I was like three years old. I lived in Jennings. You know, once again, I've lived, I've been mostly a North City, North County guy, you know, lived way up north until I was like five years old, lived to the point where I could have walked to the Missouri River. I lived so far north in North County. You can't get more north than what I lived in North County. My dad built a house. I lived in that house till I was like 18 or 19 years old. You know, moved out, lived in the swinging singles apartment complex in West County for a while, which there was no swinging going on in my building, but that was a whole other story, although my mom thought there was. Um, that's why I moved out. Uh, then I lived in Hazelwood for six, six years. And, you know, once again, I've lived all over the St. Louis area. When you say, when you say Hazelwood, when you're traveling and you're in North, when you're in, in Los Angeles, hey, where are you from? I'm from Hazelwood. Where's that? Where was St. Louis City? So we're, in, we're part of St. Louis. Oh, okay, I know where that's at. And once again, we've talked about this before. When you're traveling and if you live in Darden Prairie or, or, or St. Charles or Washmo or Union or Arnold or New Haven or any of those kind of places, when you're traveling and someone says, where are you from? You say, I'm from the St. Louis area. You don't say Washington, Missouri, or, or Darden Prairie, or St. Charles, because people go, where's that? Well, we're, we're in the St. Louis area. We're just west of the St. Louis County or, you know, whatever. We're, you know, I'm five minutes from the airport if you live in St. Charles. You know what I'm saying? 
I do. And it paints us all with a broad brush, which is not good. And it well, I'm me. just glad. Well, I'm not glad about anything about this, actually. But at least they haven't turned it into a racial thing. Well, and the bar- bizarre part of that is, is that he was a black dude and, and he killed a white teacher. Now, now, just for oh, a minute. I didn't know all that. Oh, yeah, I yeah. just flip. You know, we need now, to focus at the at the situation at hand. I get it, but flip that around. Let's say if it was a white a white dude and he killed a black teacher. Brad, I don't want to do that. Okay. I was just making a statement. Well, you know what? They haven't done that. You, and you, that's you threw, good. You threw it out because there. we need to focus on the situation that it really is. And it's terrible. That's the way the situation is. It's terrible, yes. horrible, terrible thing that happened, and it should never yes. happen again. Yes. Okay, we have to take a break. It's seven twenty-eight. Break. It is BS Show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. You know what, Shelly? That is one of those songs that you hear the first couple seconds of it, and you know, and you know exactly what it is. Right there, you know yep. exactly what that song is. Like, yes, you yes, know, you do. Name that tune in so many seconds. <sighs> you know, and you know what's interesting? If you listen what? to the very beginning of the song. I could play the bass guitar in that song for about the first yeah, 50 seconds because the guy just plays the same note over and over again. Listen very carefully. Boom, 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 boom. And then he starts playing some other notes after about 50 seconds into the song. I'm going like, I could play that. <laughs> you could. <laughs> and my, my, my middle son got into guitar for a while. And matter of fact, I bought him a guitar years ago for Christmas. And then, and then he, <laughs> when he moved... God, I almost, this bothers me when I tell the story. He bought like four or five guitars. And when I moved him one time, he says, I don't play guitar anymore. He says, you want my guitars? I said, what are you going to do? They throw them away. I go, no, I'll take them. I and drove back from Kansas City with like five guitars in my truck. Did I ever tell you that story? I, I, I knew that story. I still have like three of them. I know. You know, matter of fact, you know, if, some, if you know, I'll tell you this. Well, I won't do that. I'll get in trouble for doing that. Okay. We're going to make a phone call here. And I'm going to make a phone call, a phone call to one of the people who is, to me, is one of the most interesting people in the St. Louis area. He really is very, very charming. Let's see if this is going to work. Good morning. Hey, I just called you one of the most interesting people in the St. Louis area. Oh, my goodness. You need to meet more people. (laughs) (laughs) This is Ryan Cooper. And what's your official name, other, or the official title, other than being head honcho, or, or what, what's, what's your title again now? Well, I'm Festival Director of Legends and Lanterns, but if you want to get fancy, I'm the special event producer for the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. But that's Damn. a mouthful. Damn, you, how, do you get that on one business card? Does that take two business cards? <laughs> it, it takes two, It's double-sided. <laughs> yeah, it starts on the front, ends on the back. So... <laughs> You are, we'll talk about Legends and Lanterns, but first off, now, do you do this year-round? I'm just sort of curious. Is this like year-round job? It is. I mean, people are kind of surprised. You know, I always roll my eyes at the people who are like, oh my goodness, there are Christmas and Halloween decorations in the store already. I'm like, you know, it takes... It takes some time to run a Halloween or Christmas event. So, yeah, we start working on uh, the Halloween and Christmas festivals in March, and uh, throughout the rest of the year, uh, my office uh, runs the Foundry Arts Center in St. Charles, and we do all kinds of special events there as well. Wow, you're a very important person. I can't believe that I know you. I'm telling oh, you. You're, you're, you're very lucky. <laughs> I'm, I'm pitching myself. Okay, so let's talk Legends and Lanterns. This is yes. the final weekend, right? It is, grand finale. And, uh, but this, this weekend, you're open on Friday, correct? 
That's right. We have extended hours this weekend because every weekend before Halloween, we uh, partner with the merchants uh, along historic Main Street in St. Charles, and they all carve hundreds, if not thousands, of jack-o'-lanterns that they put out uh, on their stoops. And so we extend our hours into the evening tonight and tomorrow night so that people can come and see all the beautiful pumpkins during the pumpkin glow. And so tonight, we'll give you the hours for tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Yes, so we'll uh, be open tonight from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, we start bright and early at 11 a.m., and then we go all the way to 8 p.m., and then Sunday's our big last day. Though there won't be any pumpkins that day glowing, uh, we'll be there from noon to 5 with all of our Legends and Lanterns program. Now, and this is mainly on South Main, correct? Correct. So we have lots of programming on South Main, but we do have uh, part of our Haunted History Trail, and we have some hay rides that depart from North Main as well. And as as of last week, I found out it's also uh, at the train station there in Frontier Park, right? Yes, the historic Katy Depot that was built in the 1890s. We kind of give it a, a spooky overlay so people can meet some characters down there, and we have a Victorian Morning Museum. We have some singing jack-o'-lanterns and we have a salute to the golden age of monster movies for those who like the old movies of the 1930s and 40s now so far you've been blessed with some incredible weather how was the crowd how was the crowds last weekend oh it's been incredible it was just absolutely wonderful and it's nice to see you know not only people who uh who make this an annual tradition to come see us but you can tell that there are a lot of people this year who are discovering us for the first time and seeing what we do is, is pretty cool, and that's nice, and the weather certainly helps. Now, you've been to, this is, what you say, seven years for Legends and Lanterns? Yes, this is the seventh year. And you've been with it from the get-go, correct? Absolutely. I It, it came out of my twisted brain. <laughs> <laughs> Back in, in 2015, I, I wrote it on a piece of paper on the side of a napkin, and uh, it, it's cool to see how it's grown over time. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm a guy who's pitched a lot of ideas to a lot of people. When you initially <laughs> pitched this, and most of my ideas get shot down, to be honest with you. When you pitched this to the people at the convention as business bureau, you say, hey, you know, we do real well with Christmas traditions. Why don't we have a Halloween thing? What they say? Oh, get out of here. Or were they were like, were like, hey, that might be interesting. How did it go? I'm very lucky that the folks at the Convention Visitors Bureau are very, very artsy and they're and they are willing to, you know, try new events. So, you know, I, I gave them my piece of paper that pitched it and they said, cool, make it happen. And then I went, oh, how do I do that? And but we made it happen. So you've seen it grow from, I guess, the first year, not too many people to like a lot of people now. Absolutely. I mean, we we were very pleased because you never know with a new event, you know, what the turnout's going to be like. We were very pleased with the turnout our first year, and it it showed us that, you know, there was an appetite for an event like ours. Uh, But then each year it just got bigger and bigger. And then this year, I mean, has been by far our biggest uh, year yet. We have little souvenir passports that people can collect when they're here. And we had to do an emergency printing this week because we almost ran out of them entirely uh, halfway through our second weekend. And one thing I should mention, and I think this is important, especially for the, the parents out there with young kids, this is not people chasing you down the street with a chainsaw, correct? No, this is extremely family friendly. It's very funny. It's, you know, mysterious, and you get all those kind of cool Brothers Grimm, Legend of Sleepy Hollow vibes. Um, but no one will be scared by anything that's going on at Legends and Lanterns. But that doesn't mean that it's, it's you know, too toddler-ish either. You know, people who are teenagers and adults and, and grandma and grandpa, they will enjoy it too. 
So it's rated G, correct? It is, it is rated G for a good old time. <laughs> good old time. Ryan Cooper, what's your title again? Give me that one more time. Special event producer for the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Damn, I am impressed. Okay, so when you finish with this on Sunday, then you uh, turn to Christmas traditions. <laughs> Christmas. I wish I could say I turned to it on Sunday. I turned to it two weeks ago. As soon as this puppy opened, it was time to start painting Santa's walls and you know uh, polishing the golden reindeer. So it's it's already in full swing, but come – Come uh, the day after Halloween, we uh, transform the street from corn stalks to greenery. So if someone is is a calendar freak, if you were going to tell them, hey, first day of Christmas, Christmas traditions this year is, what's the date they should put in their calendar? Yes, it's November 25th, the day after Thanksgiving. Boy, you know your dates, don't you? <laughs> so essentially Black Friday, correct? That's right. And give the web address one more time so people have more information for uh, Legends and Lanterns. Sure. For Legends and Lanterns, it's legendsandlanterns.com, and uh, we hope to see people there. We also have a Facebook page and Instagram, too. We're, we're getting hip. Ryan, I always love dealing with people that have a passion for what they do, and obviously that is you. Thanks so much, Brad. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. What a great guy, and what a great event, you know? It really is. I mean, and and if and I think it's interesting that he says that they're getting more and more new people all the time. I believe that this is becoming, and especially with Christmas Christmas traditions, I know there are people that travel. I don't know how far, but I know there are people that come into town just for Christmas traditions. Yes, there is. Yeah, and we're spoiled because it's right here for us, right? We don't have to go yes. anywhere. I mean, you know, matter of fact, me, I just take my van down by the river and I just park it down there in Frontier Park and <laughs> I'm, I'm right there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> right? <sighs> yes. You agree with me for once? I agree with you all the time, most of the time. <laughs> Think of what you just said. I agree with you. <laughs> and, you know, when you say things like that, you know what I should say? What? I should, when I, when you say things, I'm vamping here for a minute. You're not even ready. <laughs> when you say things like that, I should say, what? <laughs> Who is that? That's my new favorite one. <laughs> Who <What>? is that? <laughs> You'll never guess where I got that from. I could Where'd you get, get it from? I could give you a million guesses, and you would never guess where that came from. <laughs> who is it? <laughs> I don't even know who it is. It's some dude. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's nobody that we know. No, it's just some dude. Because I think to myself, what? <laughs> it's just got a certain ring to it. Okay, we have to take a break. It's 744. Oh, hold on a minute. I screwed up again. That was a good break. <laughs> yes, I screwed up. Bravo, Brad. Hold on a minute. No, I screwed up. Okay, let me try that again. It is 7.44. You know, there's a way you can tell that DJs like the song they're playing because if they don't like the song they're playing, they say, hey, this is Zozo right here on Westplex 107.1. And then as soon as they turn the microphone off, they turn the monitor down and they just look at the clock to see, oh, there's 10 seconds left the song. And then they turn the monitor back up. If the DJ really likes the song, he turns the monitor up the entire time the song's playing, right? Yes. And I can never get enough of that song. I've always loved that song. How can you get enough of the Dancing Baby song? You See, just can't. But I've never seen that. You've, I, you talk, Dude, I've sent you like video I know, after but video. When you said to me the Dancing Baby song, Dancing Baby song, what the hell is that talking about? I have no idea. It's Blue Sweet. What kind of feeling? Because their biological clock is going but like I, this. I never watched that TV show. I never watched it. What I was it? I sent you 
I know. I saw the clip. YouTube clip. But to me, it's not famous because you know it's not it's not Cletus McFarlane. It's not you know legit streetcars and stuff oh, like that. <laughs> it's not the guys who are making millions of dollars. It's not whistling diesel making gazillion dollars doing stupid YouTube stunts and things like that. Oh my God, there's stuff. You know, there are guys who are making so much money on. Matter of fact, for a while. And I could never get into this. I, I read a story recently. For a while, it used to be an inter- interesting sort of history of YouTube. For a while, it was toy unboxing. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. For a while, the highest rated videos on YouTube was people who would buy toys, adults who would buy toys in boxes. And the entire video was unboxing. Yes. They'd say, hey, that was a thing. I it just, was a real thing. I just bought this snake in a in a grass toy, you know, and and they'd say here, and the, you know, they'd show you the box, you know, here's the box, here's the UPC barcode, okay, okay, and now look at this, look at this. On this end, you open up the box. I'm going like, how boring is this? And then it turned into everything was unboxing. You, there were women doing. That's jewelry. how in- influencers got their start. There were jewelry unboxing. There was there was tool unboxing. There was gun unboxing. There was unboxing unboxing. People would buy boxes within boxes and open up the boxes. And I'm going like, who in the world watches this? And you'd go look at the video and it's viewed ten million times. Like, well, I guess I must be one of the people that doesn't quite get it because I would never watch this. And to this day, there's stuff on YouTube. It's like I just don't get. I don't get. Now, what to me is what's sort of fascinating about this is the democratization of media. And matter of fact, you know why I say that? Because today, you know what today is? Today is my good friend Shawnee's birthday. Besides that, today oh. today is the first full day that Elon Musk owns Twitter. He, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he bought it yesterday. Did you see? This guy is such a character. The other day. He's going to get rid of 75% of his workforce. He says he's going to fire 75% of the people. Yep. Now, what's interesting is, you know, the, the the stock price, since, you know, he first he tried to back out because he said that Twitter was filled with bots, which it is. Uh, and then they essentially held his feet to the fire and said, hey, you made a deal. Well, now, now what's happened is the stock price is at like an all-time high, or at least an all-time high this year. So the other day, Twitter headquarters in San Francisco, he walks into the headquarters carrying a bathroom sink okay uh-huh. i'm not making this up you can go watch the video it's been watched millions of times he walks into twitter headquarters walks in through the main entrance in san francisco into the lobby area carrying a bathroom sink and essentially he posted that video on his twitter account essentially saying let this sink in i own twitter <laughs> <laughs> Did he really do that? Honest to God. That sounds like something you would no, say. Look at look it up. Uh, here, just go here. You don't believe me? Go on YouTube. Just put Elon Musk sink. That's all you have to do. I mean, if you just go on Google, here, if I just go on Google and you type in Elon Musk <laughs> here, let me, let me get my page up here. Elon Musk sink. E-L-O-N um M-U-S-K-S-I-N-K. There it is. Gazillion. There it is, right? Elon Musk shows up at Twitter's. Here's, there's there's gazillion news stories. Uh, why did Elon Musk uh, uh, walk into Twitter with a kitchen sink? 
A video of Elon Musk carrying sync through Twitter headquarters is is this here here's this is on Forbes magazine. Okay, it says right here, a bizarre video Elon Musk shared of himself walking to Twitter headquarters holding a bathroom sink Wednesday quickly became the most popular tweet of the past week and one of the most popular of the past month according to the social media tracking firm Newswhip. Just ahead, the billionaires expect to take over the company. He literally walks in to the headquarters to pass the guard station. Carry he's wearing like black pants. Looks like he's wearing like a black polo shirt or black t-shirt and he's carrying a bathroom sink (laughs) this guy is bizarre and you know what i love every second of it because you know there's a certain hierarchy and a certain certain pecking order that you have to have you know think about it like where when you know like when you're in st louis if you're not one of the bushes you're not nobody you get you don't get what i'm saying if you're not like the taylor family that owns that owns you know enterprise rent a car and you know you oh my god that's that's so and so his family owns commerce bank and here's elon musk that make those people look like peons you know what i'm saying and they all have their society thing. They go to the Vale Profit Ball. That's the whole. That's the rub with Trudy Bush Valentine, who's running for Senate, is the the queen of love and beauty, as people call her. Um, but yet, here's a guy who comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, he's just bizarre, bouncing off the walls, doing all sorts of weird stuff, and being successful at it. He's got his car company, which is kicking butt. He's got his SpaceX company, which is kicking butt. You know, he's got his boring company, which is kicking butt. And now he's bought Twitter. And I have to tell you, I think he's going to turn Twitter around. I think Twitter is going to be, at once upon a time, was very popular. It, it's gotten to the point where it's like, there's mainly like news nerds and poly, politicos and stuff like that in Twitter anymore. It's not your average Joe. You know, I'm on Twitter to a certain extent, but not that much. I think he's going to really turn it around. And I think what is going to happen is you're going to see Twitter explode. And it's because of him. Because he's not being politically correct. He's not going to censor people. Remember, you know, I don't know if you heard the story. You know, I love the Babylon Bee. Do you know the Babylon Bee got kicked off Twitter because they made fun of something? It's it's a satire site. It's, Recently? Oh, yeah, yeah. They've been kicked off for a long time. You know, Trump oh. got kicked off. Babylon Bee got kicked off. All these people get kicked off. What about the onion? Uh, I don't know if they got kicked off or not. But, you know, anybody who has shares a view different than the people at Twitter, oh, my God, you're gone. Yeah, you're gone. You say something bad, bang, you're gone. And I'm going like, okay, like we live in this country with free speech, but yet not on social media. You say the wrong thing. Like as Shelly says, I'm going to punch bread. I'm going to throat punch bread. <laughs> Shelly gets dinged on Facebook. I still think that's funny. I'm sorry. I think it's so funny. Uh, Shelly gets dinged on Facebook because she's going to throat punch me. But my me. warning was yellow. Some people are getting warned with red. Oh, what is, there's a difference? Oh, yeah. So what, the yellow where is the yellow is like not so bad, the red is like the, bad, the, bad? The yellow is a warning. And the red's what? Red's you're gone? They kick you off? Yeah. You, you, are, you have been you gone. Uh, put, put in the corner for a while. You're in Facebook jail, right? Yes. Were you in Facebook jail or you just got warned? I just got warned over and over. I don't think that's and right. Over again. I, I think they should have. I think they should have red carded you, and I think they should have come <laughs> to your house and taken your phone away from you, and then taken your car away from you, and taken your dogs away from you. I think that's what they should have done. They could do that <laughs> out of my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take our last break. We'll be right back. Seven fifty-seven. You know, 
when Sammy Davis Jr. was alive, I didn't appreciate him that much. I enjoyed his music, but now that he's gone, I don't know why. Why is it when people are gone, you appreciate what they did more, right? That's actually a true statement. When I, sometimes you just can't get that back. When I'm gone, Brian Richardson will get on the air and go, you know what, that Brad wasn't a bad guy after all. <laughs> Keep thinking that, hun. <laughs> you don't think that's going to happen? <laughs> You really don't. <laughs> that, I, I really that, could care less. That's what that never going to happen, huh? Shelly, 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 Shelly. Shelly, I hope I made you feel important to the show this morning. That if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing the show in this morning. And I hope you take back what you texted me last night. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, don't forget Legends and Lanterns uh, this weekend, last weekend, but tonight, Friday night, only Friday night, it's open on Main Street in St. Charles. If you've never been there before, if you got kids, you know, it's a must. If you don't have kids, it's a must. If you're a, a stodgy stick in the mud kind of person that never leaves your house, it's a must. If you're a party kind of person, it's a must. If you have a heartbeat, it's a must. If you breathe still, if your SPO2 was above 85 or so, it's a must, right? Uh huh. <laughs> is that what they call it? SPO two. What, what is they it? They do. SP. What is it? Spicks or they? What are the? What is? What is your daughter called? Spooks. Is she at work already? I don't think she's working today. Call what? her. What? What? We're past our time. You want me to call oh, her now? Okay. Well, we're already past our time. We're, what difference is it going to make? We're we're past our expiration date. We're spoiled. <laughs> we're spoiled goods at this point in time. That could be very true. <laughs> we're spoiled goods. You know, nobody wants to. No, we're done. We're, you know, st- would you? You always say sticking a fork in us. I can never. I, I can never understand that. Um, you know, like you stick a fork in a potato. I wouldn't know anything about that. And if it comes that. off cleanly, it's done. I wouldn't know anything about sticking forks in potatoes because I don't eat potatoes. I eat oh, French fries. Oh, that's right. You you have pizza. I, I eat French fries. I don't eat potatoes. Uh, one ringing ding. <laughs> They're totally potatoes. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if she answers. <laughs> I don't think she's going to answer. Normally, she answers. She'll answer like by the third ring or so. We think. No? Just let it go to voicemail. Sure. I like to do that. Okay. Hi, you've reached Tiffany Gaines. Sorry, missed your phone call. Leave me a message and I'll call you back. Have a great day. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Hey, this is Tiffany. This is Sergeant Smith, St. Louis Police Department. We've got a arrest warrant for you. Uh, can we meet up with you so we can get this taken care of? Call me back. Bye. You think she'll call me back? Probably not. <laughs> Shelly, have she'll a... probably go down to the police department and say, this man called me today and I don't know what he wanted. What does he want? What did I do? Yeah, right. All I do is save lives. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It's true. You played really good music today, sir. Bravo. Oh, by the way, last one parting thing. The smartest woman in the world just sent me the video from YouTube. Here, I snorted again. She sent me the video from YouTube, and it has, hold on a minute. Uh, 
Where where was it? I can't. She sent me the. It's the Uga Chaka video, and it all it is is the dancing baby, and it's like forty seconds of the dancing baby, and it's got six point five million views. Yes, I don't get it. The dancing baby was like a big deal with Ellie McBeal. I still don't get it. I don't. I don't understand because she was facing her biological clock. And I'm facing Tiffany. Tiffany was. I'm facing my biological. Seven when she got pregnant. I'm facing my bio. That's considered a geriatric pregnancy. I'm facing my biological clock every day now. Yes, yes, you. (laughs) Will I make it another day? I'm 87. You know, I mean, you know, it's Brad. One foot in the grave, the other foot in the banana peel. Will I make it till tomorrow? We'll just have to wait and see, right? Every day is oh, Brad. Every day is a Brad, bo- Brad, Brad. <laughs> every day is a bonus day. You know, may, what? Every day is a bonus day. What weird thing will happen to me today? You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to get off the air. I'm going to fire up, fire up my welder and see if I can, you know, electrocute myself or burn myself real bad. One of the two. How's that? Okay. You really had to put that out in the universe, <laughs> yes. dude. For real? <laughs> it's just like it back twice. It's just like my my famous famous tree cutting situation no. where where I cut no. where I. <laughs> you've never heard this story no. before where yes, I, I, I hired Cowboys Crane. You ever heard the told this story? I hired yes. Cowboys Crane Company to and I'm on a bu- I'm in a bucket like forty feet, fifty feet in the air, cutting down a tree, and later he tells me, he says, You know, the entire time you opened my crane, I had nine one one pre dialed on my phone. All I had to do was hit send and the ambulance would have come and taken you away. Okay, thank you for your vote of confidence for of me course, cutting your <laughs> arms will be padded around in front of you oh, right. tied in the back. <laughs> right. Okay. I have to be legal. Uh, KSOQ FM Washington, K two ninety six H A Washington, K R A P A M Washington. Have a real good weekend, Shelley. Peace, you too, Brad. It's eight oh eight. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.